this is Sydney and Sierra and this is the Living Within Stigma podcast. Our mission is to cultivate a vulnerable conversation surrounding mental health for people of color. We vow to you and ourselves to be present and authentic. Together, we will create a space of hope. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Living Within Stigma podcast. Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we have another special guest, Miss Bonds, Cameron Bonds. Would you like to introduce yourself to our guests, to our listeners? Sure. Uh, my name is Cameron Bonds, and I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I like long walks in the park. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, but my name is Karen Bots. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I am uh, blessed to join Miss Sierra and Miss Sydney. I love them dearly. Um, and I'm so proud of all that they're doing um, in their lives and um, with this outlet. So um, that's all about me. You'll, you'll learn a little more in a bit. So thank you, Ms. Bonds, for sharing. So as you guys know, this season, we're talking about authentic living, what it means for us, our guests. And today we're going to be talking about what authentic living is and what it's like for a Black woman. So just get the ball rolling. Ms. Bonds, the first question I have for you is what does authentic living mean to you? When you hear that term, like what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is literally being who God made you. Um, just, just genuinely identifying who that is, um, and sticking to that. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I can elaborate, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind, just literally finding or kind of existing because you don't have to find who got made you just existing in what you were born to be. And how did you get closer and closer to creating your most authentic life for you personally? Um, in this time period, it's really hard to create or even identify or, 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 or kind of resurface who you are authentically because of so many like forces like social media and, um, social media, you know, that's a huge part of our lives. And I think it influences us beyond what we recognize. Um, and I think that one of the major parts of, um, me kind of just existing in my authentic self is having limited time and exposure to things that, you know, don't serve me in real life, <laughs> you know? Um, so social media is not like a very important aspect of my life. And I think that that is, it's fun. It's for social engagement, but it's not something that's very important. And I do remember a time in life where that was something that I was kind of like really check in or peep in and, and like right before I um I'm Sydney and Sierra's former guidance counselor at their at their high school so right before I joined that um faculty um I because of the high school like deleted my Instagram um because of the high school but also uh because I want to focus on some of the, the aspects of my dreams I kind of like deleted certain social media just to kind of really zone in and that was like maybe five years ago and I just haven't had that social media outlet since so I'm kind of disconnected in certain ways and it and it helped that disconnect helps me hold on to who I am um and then just kind of reading the bible and reading about who God says that I am and that allows me to be okay existing in the most uncomfortable parts of of me you know because I was purpose to be here um and that and that's all of me if that makes sense I say I love how you mentioned that disconnecting allowed you to be able to better be yourself and be your authentic self and I relate to that so much because I mean I, I know people here you do social media breaks and cleanses but for me whenever I do have that time off of social media like completely 
it you honestly do you feel like you're getting back to you have nothing to prove to anybody you don't have to showcase anybody you just do what makes you feel good and what you enjoy I feel like that's what authentic living is is doing what makes you happy for you and not for validation or the acceptance of the other people are seeing what you're doing so I definitely relate to that and 100% agree yes I agree as well um and like Sydney said when we you know first kind of opened up the episode um so this is our last episode of this season and we're talking about authentic living of course and so we wanted to like I guess end it with the bang almost because um of course we're talking about like authentic living but specifically for the black woman and that's just such a complex and plight right there Mm. no like no other words needed um, and oftentimes I just feel like, and I definitely think social media is, is a huge influence in this as well, that like a lot of times it like puts us in a box, like this is what a black woman looks like, this is, you know, like these are the things we do, this is the way we should feel, and it's like, so she's interested in, yeah, and it's like for other groups of people, that same, you know, the, I mean, there may be a box, but it's not as small and tight as ours. And so I guess for our next question for you, Ms. Bonds, like what aspects of being an African-American woman or a black woman feel most authentic to you? I would say my love. Mm. There is nothing like the love of a black woman. Mm. Um, and I say that, and I say that because we love, um, not outside of our reality and our hardships. We love in spite of our reality and our hardships. We love very deeply. We love completely. Um, It's our most powerful force. Um, And it's what's carried our uh, race and our culture for so many years. You know, what's, what's carried families for so many years. Um, So what, what fills most authentic to me as a black woman is loving and not being afraid to do so and not and knowing that it's not for everybody like not everyone wants it you know what I mean not everyone deserves it but but it's something that I have that I can give freely um and and that love of course ultimately comes from God but it is something that I, I feel as a black woman is is one of our superpowers our ability to love unconditionally for sure that's what do you me. all think as young black women? Um, I have to agree with the loved one, honestly. Like I saw a post the other day and it was like, do, don't do things for love, but do things like out of love or something like that. I probably butchered it, but no, that's um, yeah. But I think that's definitely something that um, I can like resonate with. And then also another thing that feels like authentic to me like as a black woman is creativity yeah. like honestly and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn but like I I don't think I'll ever run out of creativity like it's, I have I have dry spells but I just well I don't think I'll ever run out of that and I've noticed that in a lot of other black women too like we mm. set so many trends in our like majority of trends and you know different things in our society and we may not always get credit but like it doesn't matter because we always have like it never runs out so that's 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 interesting when it comes to our experiences like a lot of our creativity comes from our experiences and things we we experience things that many people would never even imagine or think to um our, our varied realities and I think that you know, even though some of our experiences are hard and difficult, I think that how we grace those experiences and the creativity that comes out of those experiences make us and what we create so special. You know, it's, it's, we have a, we have a unique spin on things and it's adopted by many people. Um, they say often imitated but never duplicated. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very interesting. And it's a proud, I'm a, it's a, I'm proud to be a black woman. Definitely. I have to agree with both of you guys with everything that you said. And even to just keep going and piggyback off that is I would say the aspect of what feels most authentic to me as an African African American. Oh, my words can't get my words out. As an African American woman is our versatility because we just have so many from from really everything about us, but the first thing that comes to mind is our hair, the way that we can 
be so versatile in the way our hair is. And for all of us, no black woman has the same hair type texture. And with, even within that, it's just the way we dress, so we speak, the way we dance, the way we, everything about us, we are so versatile and we can almost do it all in essence. Like you can have, you can switch it up so easily. And that's something to me, I love to be able to like, not change my personality, but I can experiment and be different things and try different things. That's what Sierra and I were talking about in the, one of the first episodes of Authentic Living is you have to know what you don't like to know what you do like. So mm -hmm. being able to experiment, try new things, that's how you create your authentic self is because the more you try, the more you know what feels good for you, what brings you joy. Mm -hmm. So that for me is most authentic to me because I most people know I do everything. I will not do everything, but I like to try everything. Mm -hmm. Any activity I'm usually down to do to try things like that. So that's what feels like most authentic to me. And to move on from that, which is very in the similar point, is there's no authentic way to be Black. That's, mm -hmm. and this is a quote from Sydney Fussell. There's no authentic way to be Black. We are more than our stereotypes. And that could not be more true because I've, as we mentioned earlier, they try to put us in a box, society, people, even our own, mm -hmm. um, our own people try to put us in a box of what Black women are supposed to be like. I was just having a conversation with my friend earlier yesterday or today, and we we're talking about that, how for Black women, natural hair is such a big part of supposedly our identity and how people see us as our, our natural hair. And there's nothing wrong with having natural hair, there's nothing wrong with not having, whatever you want to do with the hair is absolutely fine. But I feel like there's a box that people, and not even just with our hair, in a lot of different aspects, people try to put us in and contain Black women in a box. So to move on from that, Ms. Bond, I have a question from you, for you. Have you ever felt the guilt of not being Black enough? You know, that's a very interesting question. Um, the guilt, I'd say, I don't think I've ever felt the guilt, but I have experienced moments where I felt the uncomfortability of not fitting a certain box um, as a black woman. Um, and I've even felt that in certain aspects of my family. Um, I have, um, I come from a blended family um, where my mother and her family, is, you know, they're just educated. They've kind of done things a certain way and I've kind of followed suit with that half. And then I have, um, some other family members on different sides that have had different experiences. And I love everyone the same. We're all family, we all love each other. But, um, you know, just being in rooms where people are trying to figure you out and like kind of look at you and see, especially distant relatives, see what you're about. Um, and you do have that nudge to kind of, especially I'm from Philadelphia, like have that nudge to be um, a little harder than I genuinely am or be a little less giddy than I genuinely am um, in certain rooms or in certain environments. And there is a temptation, there has been a temptation there to be something that um, I'm not, you know what I mean? But luckily, you know, God's anchored me to never kind of like fall under that pressure, but I have felt the, the awkwardness of our own kind of just figuring us out, you know, just kind of staring and seeing. And I'm sure that even you guys and some of your experiences have, you know, just had individuals observe, trying to kind of pinpoint what, what or why you are the way you are. Um, and I felt that that was in part, you know, not necessarily not being black enough, but not being that version of black and why, you know, so. Um, that's been a, that's been an interesting experience, and in that experience, I just try to intentionally remain myself. Like no one's gonna stare me stare me with their eyes out of being Cameron Bonds, you know. And no one's going to, you know. I've, I've even been in certain environments where people will just kind of overlook you or just kind of not not really have much to say to you because of not partaking in certain conversations or not not partaking in certain activities you know it has nothing to do with us being black women but certain times where a family or friends may get together and I choose not to do something or I choose to kind of fall back and, and you know 
do me in an environment where other, others are doing them in a different way. Um, that awkwardness, I, I've definitely felt that. And the key to kind of maneuvering those situations is really being authentically you. Because the moment you put on a mask and the moment you, you try to become something different than you actually are, people are able to spot that from a mile away, you know? And it's like, it's a lose-lose situation. Like you're gonna be uncomfortable being you or you're gonna be uncomfortable being somebody else. Like which uncomfortable do you wanna be in certain moments in life? So um, there's just guilt there from, not guilt there for me, but but awkwardness that I felt um, in certain environments. What about you guys? Have, have you felt that before? Um, I was just gonna say, I can relate a lot to what you were saying because I have a pretty similar like family structure, um, just in the sense that like both sides are almost so like two different worlds for many different reasons. Um, and I was more so, I guess, fully immersed on one side of my family. And so the few times I would go over to the other side, um, I guess, I don't know if it was in my head. I, I think it might, it may, it may have even been a feeling that I just kind of like you know, like kind of, you know, how you just project like kind of like an anxiety thing. Like you're thinking people are thinking these things and they may not have been because I can't hundred percent pinpoint and pinpoint an, an exact situation where like someone made me feel like I had to be, you know, other than who I am. But um, when I would go into that different environment, I would feel like I need to act in that manner and like just to be 100% transparent about it like similar to like what you were saying Ms. Bonds like my mom's side of the family um like you said they had different experiences and um my grandparents I guess gave you know their children which is my mom the opportunity to advance um like in education and pay for them to you know get their degrees and all that um, and then on my dad's side of the family, it's just, it's different. Um, and it's like, they're not folded, you know, it's not like it's their fault. It's just kind of like the cards that you're dealt. Um, they didn't have as many opportunities as the other side. And so stepping into that environment, I would sometimes feel like, you know, like, oh, let me try to not, you know, use certain vernacular or whatever. And, um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's still something that I'm still processing, but I think that I kind of like you were saying, I was trying to, I guess, almost dumb myself down, which now that I'm saying it out loud, like, I think it's an insult to myself and to them as well, mm-hmm. because I don't even know if that was something they were expecting me to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, but just feeling like I had to, you know, be exactly like them and stuff like that. Um, and so now that I'm a little older, I recognize that like I can be myself and there's nothing that I was saying or doing that was like intimidating or it wasn't like I was, you know, reciting huge words, but just feeling almost like guilty for having um, some of those opportunities that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think that's where I've experienced like, I guess the not being black enough or not being urban enough. I don't know what the word is, but um, <laughs> I think a lot of it I recognize was kind of, like I said, like self-projection. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was something that I was, you know, making mm-hmm. more of a deal of, yeah. Hey, I, th- I think that that's a great point. I think that that's a great point. Sometimes it could be us just feeling our way around in different environments and around people that we're supposed to relate, you know, to by blood, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. Sometimes people, like you're saying, they're not really worried, you know, at all. And they, they are not even thinking, you know, about, about little old, you know, me, but sometimes that's where that authentic self comes in. Like we're struggling with just trying to belong, you know, Yeah. and trying to feel comfortable. And that, and that goes to layers because, you know, like family dynamics are so unique, like extremely unique. And I don't think enough time and care is given to that you know the different types of experiences we have in the black family you know um for me I definitely do relate and for me I guess the I, w- I don't want to say guilt I don't think I ever felt guilt but kind of like you said the uncomfortability it comes from as I've mentioned before 
I was raised in England around mostly Caucasian people. So I went to school at one point, I was the only black person in my whole school. Me and my sister were the only African-American people in our school, the entire school. So that, I mean, that obviously you grow up around different things. And then I went from being in England to going to a, a fairly mixed middle school and then an all black high school. So it was quite an adjustment. And I think I made it a quite a good adjustment and I can tend to kind of blend and make myself adapt pretty well to different circumstances, but I definitely have felt the uncomfortability uncom of just feeling like, oh, I don't really know how to fit in. I don't really know how to make this situation work for myself. Like, I don't really get what's happening in this situation. And I can't really form myself to make myself fit because I've never had to fit in this situation. And reflecting back on it, being 100% honest with myself, that's probably the reason why I never looked into or researched into going to an HBCU, because I always felt that there's not really much point in me going because almost in like that, we always say that saying, getting your black card revoked or whatever. It's like, for me, I was like, putting myself in that situation wouldn't be authentic to me. And I have nothing against HBCUs at all. I 100% rave for them. I have a lot of friends that go to them. I think they're great things and what they do producing black excellent as always. But for me personally, that wasn't something authentic to me because I felt as though I wouldn't, like you said earlier, having somewhere to belong, I didn't feel like that would be a place for me that I would belong in. So that's kind of where my experience lies in not feeling like I was quote unquote black enough because I was just talking about people who had grew up around black families and black schools and I hadn't had that experience. So it was just kind of hard to always catch on to maybe some jokes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a question I have for you, Ms. Bonds, in kind of the contrary of this scenario, have you ever felt that you had to hide parts of your authentic self around others, whether it be to do with your race or culture or something else, whether it's around family, coworkers? So instead of feeling like you're not black enough, maybe feeling like you're, I don't wanna say too black, but having to hide that part of yourself. Well, um, yeah, that, that's happened a few times. It's happened a, a few times in life where, you know, kind of like shrinking, you know, sh shrinking just a bit, just to kind of fit in and figure it out. And, and Sid, what you were just saying about, you know, um, looking for, you know, schooling and, and figuring out where you kind of in this world fit in and just kind of figuring out how you're going to move in those environments. That was huge for me. Again, um, I, I'm the former guidance counselor of Sierra in Sydney um, at a private high school. The high school she mentioned, it's, it's an African-American boarding academy. Um, and it's a school that I went to. And I went back to teach there when I was 25 or 26 years old. So I was pretty young and I didn't come from an education background. Um, I came from a counseling background and I was kind of placed there to be um, a guidance counselor. And that was a very unique school because that, that role had a number of different capacities. And I remember being signed up to teach my first year when that was genuinely what I, what I was not trained to do. wasn't what I, what I was like, kind of really being honest, signed up for what I felt comfortable doing. That was something that I, I was kind of made to do and I had to learn on the fly and there were individuals um in that environment that were that that like coached me in certain ways and because I was young I was told like be stern make sure you kind of set your expectations make sure you do this and this and this and I don't know if you guys may have noticed like a shift over the years of just me being able to be more of myself in that environment. Like I found when I first got there, I had to be a lot more, I just was kind of imitating what I thought was a good teacher. And that was so far from who I actually was when it comes to how I was delivering that. And that's one of the, the, the regrets that I have in that experience is just taking a long time to find my niche and my niche was just being my authentic self like what if what if the purpose there was yes to get kids to college and all those things but also to make sure they're loved you know what I mean like I felt like I had a lot more 
fun. I felt like there was a lot more breakthrough. I felt like there was a lot more success once I was able to kind of release what the expectation was and just really love the kids that were in my um, care at the moment. And it allowed me to understand them more. It allowed me to understand my assignment more. Um, I was able to learn a ton about life from them, from the kids, and they were able to learn more, you know, from me authentically. So that was a, a major time in my life where I found that I wasn't necessarily my authentic self and, and like there was not room for me to be that. Like you have to do a good job. This is what a good job looks like and perform. And I feel like relationships suffered because of that. Um, so that was an interesting time. Um, but in relationships, it's a cold world. Girls, it's a cold world, okay? <laughs> and <is>. I found <laughs> times where even in relationships, I found that like my, I literally wear my heart in my sleeve and I just found that that did not work. And sometimes, you know, you just want to fight becoming jaded and you just, don't give or you choose to not express yourself in the way that you typically would, you know, if you were able to be free and genuine. And like, there was a time where I would change me in the relationship rather than changing the person I was in a relationship with. Um, and that's something that I've learned, you know, growing. Don't, you don't change the way your heart beats. You may have to change the person who you're loving um, because your heart is, is from God and it's supposed to beat the way it does as long as it's healthy, you know, it's supposed to, in a healthy way, love and, and do so genuinely. And if someone doesn't receive it, that's fine. God bless you, you know, keep it moving. So those are the two experiences that I had. Thank you for sharing that. Very insightful. Um, and it made me think of like, a lot of the things you were talking about, I'm sure that you dealt with fear in many different, you know, ways. And we try to like be very practical, like on our podcast, like I don't want to preach anything that I couldn't practically, you know, turn off the mic and go do myself. And so like, what are some like practical, um, like practical tips or ways that you um, kind of like supported yourself, I guess, to like push through um, the fear of like making some of those decisions or um, even like the fear of presenting your like most authentic self I would, I would say learning to be present, learning to be present in every interaction. Um, it is so powerful just allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling, to feel what you're feeling with the people you're around. You know, looking at Sierra, I'm like emotional um, because I've seen, I've, I've looked at you in some of the most amazing moments some of the most proud moments of my life but you know Sierra um I was at work and I got a call that my dad passed away and you I don't know if you remember this but you were the person that I was looking at while I was I was receiving that news and I will never forget you you know like I find comfort in looking at you looking you know looking at you and looking in your eyes and knowing that I am not here at work I am not here to be this title. Like at this moment, I am a human being with another human being. And who would have known that I would, I would, I would lean on a student in one of those like earth shattering moments. And on the flip side, you know, in that same position, I had to walk into a room and, and comfort a child whose mother just passed away that morning. Who would have known I would have ever have that responsibility where I, I literally have to walk in and be that comfort for them. So just being as present as possible allowed me to say, you know what? I'm not going to do everything right. I can't pretend to be something I'm not. I'm going to be whoever God has me here to be. And that's in life and that position and everything. Whoever God has me to be right now, I'm going to be that. And I'm going to try to feel my way, you know, through and not just Sometimes we just kind of have an idea of what we need to be and we want to get the job done. So we're just going to zoom through life and do that. No, take it one day at a time. Be present in the lives of the people that you're around because you never know what role you're playing in their life. You know, you never know 
like I, I don't think I ever expressed that to you Sierra like you were literally a huge part of that moment in my life you know and I and I have a special love for you because you were there um and we just never know we never know and that, and that gives me the courage to just show up and and be all that I am because maybe maybe just maybe it could be useful to somebody um and then you know turning 30 and um <laughs> you know just just learning turning 30 and and turning 30 without being married um and without having children people will kind of take your time from you and i'm just learning that i have to kind of block out some self-care time for myself and if i don't I'm going to be maybe irritable or maybe, you know, less understanding or, or I'll be extended to a point where I'm like a little snappy and that's not who God made me to be either. So just kind of setting those boundaries where I know that I need to show up as this. So let me kind of make room for myself to be my best self too. I know that was like a, a mouthful, but <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I feel like so much of what you've shared already, I've learned so much from, and I feel like our listeners will definitely have learned so much from what you've just shared with us so far. You mentioned um, your career path and being a guidance counselor and how in the beginning you weren't fully given the space to be your authentic self. Now that you're older, what would you tell your younger self um, about choosing an authentic career path and how to kind of use your strength, use your personality, use your most authentic self to best pursue a career, pursue a job, and really help the world, like you said, always helping, creating better cause. How would you, what would you tell to your younger self? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would tell myself a, a few things. I would first say that the possibilities are endless. That's why in, in the conversation, a brief conversation before uh, the podcast, you know, just reassuring you ladies, like it's, it's only the beginning. You know, we, we, we rush through cycles of life. You know, we have to go from grade school to middle school to high school to college. And there's continuous cycles that we're kind of just meeting, you know, meeting different marks. And one of the biggest things that I kind of missed growing up was the idea that the possibilities, especially for us as Black women right now in this time period are endless. And the people who hold the key are not like, you know, gatekeepers or like random people who kind of rule the world. No, if we believe we can do something, we can actually do it. If we accept that we are limitless in our creativity, limitless in our ability, limitless in our love, limitless in our connection with one another, we can literally be all, do all that we, we are here to do. Um, so that's one of the biggest things I would tell myself is that possibilities are endless. Another thing I would tell myself is to um, not only prioritize work ethic, like that's something I feel like I, I was able to accomplish, you know, growing, but, you know, sometimes you have to serve your own vision. Like it's okay to serve the team. Like I'm a team player all the way. Like I am comfortable in being a team player, but if God has told you something to do for yourself that will possibly, you know, better the world in some way, you have to, as hard as you'll go for your team or as hard as you'll go for your company or as hard as you'll go for the school, you need to go that hard for whatever it is that God has laid on your heart. Like love yourself with the intensity that you love everyone else. Like you have to do that. And I, I wish I'm catching on now, but I wish I knew that, you know, it's okay to prioritize yourself. And I don't think as black women, we're told that a lot. Um, and we're not told that you know, hardly enough that it's okay to prioritize yourself and who you want to be. Identify that five-year plan. Think about what, what, what your end result is. And don't let that, don't let the fear of not making it, you know, stop you from trying. Um, just keep pushing. So I would definitely, you know, just tell my younger self to 
ensure that I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm really going hard for myself in addition to, you know, being a team player, like secure your own goal. <laughs> I won't say the, the bag, but like your own goal, secure what you, what you desire. And, you know, the team will benefit either way. The team will benefit. Like if you're scoring, <laughs> yeah, the team will benefit for yourself or for them, but make sure you're pocketing some things for yourself. Right. I love everything you said. Um, the biggest thing that like is stuck in my mind is like when you said to serve your own vision. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so powerful, like because just um, like thinking about like how you were saying like the team will benefit. Like if everyone is serving their own vision, then we're good. You know, like it's you don't need to you know like do this and do that. Like just do what you need to do, and mm-hmm. it'll all fall in line. And like you know. Yeah, so um, to transition just a little bit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Please share. And I was just going to say, like, know what what that, because, like, I really feel comfortable being a team player, like, very much so. And, like, and I love it. And I think there's purpose in it. Don't get me wrong. I think that there is purpose in coming together. Teamwork makes the dream work, all of that. But I, I, in many times, have been, like, a a co-star, where, like, some of us really are leading ladies. Like, some of us really are you know, we're, we're more powerful than we've allowed ourselves to come across as. So I just wanted to, you know, make sure I share, like, I, I think being a team player is a great thing, but you have to know what that is like stemming from. Like, do you feel worthy of being who you're called to be? Like, do you feel worthy of, of the responsibility? Like, it's not, I think that a lot of us will do the work. It's just being grounded in knowing that I'm worthy of whatever comes as a result of this you know what I mean like I, I, I'll do the work but like do I feel worthy of other people helping me the way I've helped them and sometimes I don't feel that I, I don't feel that way and just learning how to accept you know people standing behind me and covering me in their prayers and in their support like that's that's okay you know you're, you're God's child too you can um receive that so yeah so yeah, so I'm just like also thinking about um, like a lot of the things that we've been talking about today. Um, and I feel like a lot of the things, like a lot of things that we've been talking about, I feel can definitely be like, I guess something, I guess more, okay. So I'm sorry, trying to gather my thoughts. Um, so I've noticed like a lot of the things I know, like, this is what I need to do. You know, I know what I need to be doing, but some reason, somehow I just can't have that breakthrough. I just can't push through and like, even identify like what my vision is or like who I am and all those different things. Like where, you know, is my authentic self? If you're having like trouble with that, I know I, I've had a lot of trouble with that. And um, I just to like share a personal experience, like wrap this all around. So recently I've, I've done therapy before, but recently, like in the past month or so, I like really got serious about it. Um, I was like, I need to find someone and, you know, like kind of like shopping around for someone that I feel would really meet my needs. And so I um, found a counselor and um we've had a few different sessions. And so in our first few sessions, she just was going back to the past so much. And I'm just like, (laughs) ma'am, I'm trying to figure out the future. You know, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going, you know, or getting ready to graduate. And I have all these present and future concerns and problems. And like, she just, every session, like, I'm like, okay, maybe the first session, we just keep going back to the past. I'm like talking about childhood and all this. And like, I, so I, I do my therapy through better help. I don't mind sharing that. And so you can like pick a new counselor if you, you know, you're not feeling right. And I was going to swap her out because I'm like, why are we living in the past? Um, and then like literally right before I was going to pick another counselor, the last session I had with her, everything like made sense to me. Um, I guess like her style of, you know, I'm not really well-versed on the terms, but her style of counseling, like why she spends a lot of time working and work, you know, helping you work through your past and why that's so important. 
And so that kind of, I've heard of like inner child work, but that like, I guess really defined it for me personally. And so I'm just gonna read um, like what the inner child is. This is like a textbook definition. Um, so everyone has an inner child. It is a direct representation of yourself in your early years. An awareness of your inner child can help you think back to lighter carefree years. However, not everyone associates childhood with playfulness and fun. If you've experienced neglect, trauma, or other emotional pain, your inner child might seem small, vulnerable, and in need of protection. You may have buried this pain deep to hide it and protect yourself. Hiding pain doesn't heal it. Instead, it often surfaces in your adult life, showing up as distress in personal relationships or difficulty meeting your own needs. And so that's the definition of um, an inner child. And it's just so I'm like now I'm like, I just, I look at different things all the time. I watch videos on it because I think so many people are operating from that place. Like it's just, and it'll never go away. And so I'm just like, one, I'm so glad I didn't replace my therapist because she's amazing. I love her. Um, and we, like I said, we've been spending a lot of time like going back and talking about just different things from just feelings and emotions and experiences. And it kind of like helps you to see like, okay, that's why I do this now. Or that's why I, like Connie was saying, like you, just different things. Um, I feel like it all relates back to that. So have you like experienced, have you done any, any inner child work or have you, um, like, I guess, has it helped you at all? Um, just going back and reflecting on some of those things, has it helped you like define your authentic self now as an adult? Um, yeah, I, I haven't formally, um, done inner child work, but I'm aware of the concept and, um, one thing that I kind of grew to notice about, my, about myself is that I uh, am people pleasing and I don't know. It, 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 is, it is a very interesting feeling because it, it's not a burden. It's not a bad thing, but again, where's it stemming from? You know, like if something can exhaust you, but you'll still like go above and beyond for Others may not, may not do the, the same for self. Like, where does that stem from? And um, I've seen a lot of, of, of what kind of transpired in my childhood and like just growing up um, in a, my mother, you know, got married. So it wasn't a single parent home, but like my biological father, not necessarily being there and not like, I would say the, the inner child would say holding on to me like not holding on and like saying you are worthy of my dedication, my love. You're kind of seeking the approval of others through good deeds, pretty much. Like, I don't want there to be a logical reason why someone would kind of storm me over to the side. So I'm going to kind of do all that I can. And I found that a lot in dating um, where just being that perfect girlfriend, overly understanding, overly loving, overly caring, a cheerleader, rooting, rooting, rooting. And like, it becomes exhausting and it's so far from who you truly are. And you can't get mad at people for expecting that because that's who you've shown them you are. But when you, you know, kind of want to want a little support or need someone to be your, you know, rock or are those things to be reciprocated? It's just like, a hump in, in the, in the relationship, you know? So I found that a lot of those things were not coming from love. They were coming from a place of wanting love. Like you said earlier, you know, you, you, the quote that you said earlier, you said, um, you, you do things from love and not for love. You know what I mean? And not that those things are not who I am, but like check the intent of that. And if that's, if there's a little girl saying, please, like, hold on to me. Like, don't let me go. If that's the adult version of a little girl saying that. So that inner child work is amazing. And like you said, it, it doesn't, it doesn't go away, but living with the awareness of that. And, and, you know, one thing that I do, like maybe once a year, I put on my phone and I, and I advise anyone to do this, like on your phone screensaver, put a picture of you as a little child so that you can look at that little person in the eye and like dedicate, you know, maybe a few months just to kind of love on it. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and I would even say to myself, like on my phone, like you are, you're enough, you know, like you're, 
you're a sweet little, you're a sweet little baby. I have a, a picture of myself dancing um, on a beach when I was a little girl. And it's like, this little girl deserves for me to go hard. You know, this little girl deserves for me to love from pure place and love not from a place where I'm hoping that just, you know, hopefully someone will kind of return the intensity that I'm, I'm giving love, you know, to them. So that inner work, it's, it's the inner child work. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that you, you didn't, um, swipe left on your counselor, but, uh, swipe left or right, whatever. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I heard about it. <laughs> swipe left or right on your counselor. And you just, you know, stick, stick, stuck with her because you have opened up such a beautiful place to explore. Um, and I, I think that we all should, and we don't have to resolve anything, but living with the awareness of what that baby needs, you know what I mean? Living in, a, in the awareness of what that baby didn't, didn't have, um, and feeding yourself those things. The first person you should be loyal to is yourself. Like the first person you should be loyal to is yourself. And the world does not tell us that. The world does not tell us that, especially as black women, the world does not tell us that you, you should value your, your safety. You should value your feelings. You should value your own, um, desires even like the world doesn't tell us that we're supposed to care about everyone and it's weird when the rest of the world begins to say you're the backbone of of our community like no I'm and, and I saw a post recently someone was like I'm tired of being called resilient no I'm tired like I actually don't want to be called that anymore but that's our natural that's our our natural way of life and it's like mm -mm. if you're tired get you a nice comfy bed high thread count sheets, lay down and relax. If that's what you need, you know what I mean? Like take care of yourself. God will bring the other people that are going to join them, join, join in you. And, um, you know, that's, that's just my thoughts on the inner child. What you just said about, um, not having to still be resilient. That just reminded me, I saw like a TikTok or a video or I don't even know on Instagram. And they were saying how we've been like, bred into believing that we continuously have to fight and be how we were back in the olden days. And, and one of the ways that that has happened is even through the songs that we sing as kids and as Christians, and we know we sing this song, um, we are soldiers in the army, we have to fight, although we have to die, we have to hold until we die. And even that song, it sounds so like unharmful, it's very minor. And in the context of what it's talking about, it makes sense, but we sing that so mindlessly, we have to fight until we die. and. It's, we don't even think about it when we're singing it, but literally we're breeding into children. We have to keep on going. We have to fight, we have to fight, we have to fight and literally until you're dead. And that's like the complete opposite. And we don't, like you said, we don't teach that black people, black women do not have to be the backbone for everything. We have to love and take time out for ourselves so that we can love ourselves, so we can continue to love others. And I just think it's so crazy. That just reminded me what you said, reminded me of that because it is so crazy that we have really been brainwashed into believing that that is what we have to be for our culture, our society in general. And it's just, it's very overwhelming and it's very tiring, but um, so that's how I wanted to share that. And then secondly, um, you mentioned, well, actually I want to say another thing about therapy. I just really love talking about therapy and how the it's such an amazing tool. It's like Sierra said, doing the inner work because when we get older and I'm young, so I can't really speak for being older, but I know through conversations with older people that, like you said, the stuff doesn't go away and it only makes things worse when you get older and you haven't done that inner work and you haven't gone to, gone to therapy because it's gonna show up in your relationships and your friendships and your work. And when you haven't done that work, it ruins a lot of stuff. So I hear anyway, <laughs> but I'm just so grateful that we're able to openly and vulnerably share our experiences with therapy. I'm a big advocate for therapy. I also go to therapy. Um, and I think everybody should try it, even if it, sometimes people have bad experiences and that's understandable, but I think everybody should try it and you know stick with, like Sierra said, even she was gonna swipe left and get rid of her counselor. But you know, sometimes you really have to stick with it and get a new person if that bad experience that you had didn't work out. Absolutely. And, and, and know that counselors are human, you know, so yeah. there are sometimes experiences where they're not a good fit, you know, and you're not fighting for them, you're fighting for you. And that's an awkward, yeah. <laughs> that's an awkward place to be in, you know, so sometimes we'd stick it out with someone like a counselor who we genuinely are not receiving 
what we need from because you know like I, I've been in a situation where I was in therapy and I like wasn't receiving what I what I I needed help with and I began like just answering questions the best way I could and it's like what am I doing you know like answering questions the best way I could or like figuring out how to help them help me and um you know that's 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 not necessarily how it should be <laughs> or you know what I mean like I don't have to be making this person feel better like yeah this is You're our whole entire existence <laughs> even in the moments we're supposed to be making ourselves feel better we're trying to make someone else feel better yeah. about making us feel better it's like yeah, what? that goes back to people pleasing like what you were yeah. saying <laughs> I think that's definitely an inner child thing and I think a lot of people I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think it's like, you don't have to have a certain experience. To, oh. But I just think from like childhood, like I think we just, we develop that, you know, thinking that yeah. we can, you know, like we have to, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's toxic though. It, is. Um, it really is. It will have you out here. Like, like literally some people, they don't like, when it comes to love and, and like, you know, I've mentioned God often, um, but in the Bible, like love is not like, um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not forceful. Like it's not something that people, um, God doesn't even, he stands at your heart and knocks and he lets, lets you invite, invite him in, you know, and we sometimes, I know I have like, I, I listen, I love you. Like, how dare you not love me back? You know what I mean? And I like putting unnecessary, like at 21 years old, putting unnecessary pressure on people that are children themselves or not children, you know, cause you're not children at 21, but young adults, you know, putting pressure on people who are still trying to figure out themselves. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't remember what I was saying, but <laughs> you know, you just, it's, it's just really trying to figure out how to maneuver and how to you know be aware of where that little kid is seeping out and 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 allowing them to seep out and like you comforting them rather than hoping that the world does or moving about in that little child seeping out and you have no clue that it's happening and you're like defensive you know what i mean so it it, it is uh you know the people people pleasing can be very 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 uh toxic if you allow it to be um and it steals the joy of really interacting and really getting to love people. Like, right. Yeah. It's almost like you have to like, just listen to you talk. I was thinking like, it's almost like you have to like reparent yourself. Like, you know, like kind of like, okay, this cause parenting, I don't even want to go too deeply into that, but I don't know. Parenting is just such an interesting thing. I feel like parent, like parenting is hard for one. I feel like I don't, I can't even imagine having that responsibility. I feel like there's, you, there's, I don't think it's possible to parent, you know, your child a hundred percent correctly because we're our own people. Like, and for most of that childhood, you can't really communicate what, you know, it is you need. And so I feel like everyone has to kind of grow up and then you have to kind of like reparent yourself. Um, you know, like customize it to, to how you are. Being a steward of yourself, you know, being a steward of yourself. And and one thing like on the topic of parents, they literally, like I have friends, I have, you know, siblings who are parents and we're the same age. And it's just like, we're all still figuring it out, but you have a younger child to kind of parent while we're figuring things out. And if I know that I am a mess and I'm still figuring things out, you know, and I know that you are still figuring things out, it gives me grace towards my parents. Like now being at my age, I realize like you were my age trying to raise two kids or you were my age trying to do this. And it makes you realize like not everyone has it together and that's okay. You know, and as kids, we can't really understand that because they're so much bigger than us, but not everyone has it together. And as, as they don't have it together, it's our job to, yes, parent ourselves, but also just kind of have an understanding for them and like have a heart to, you know, love them. And, and, and as children, as their children, you know, give them some things that they weren't able to give us. You know what I mean? Give them some understanding that they didn't necessarily uh, 
pour into us, you know what I mean? But now that we have an understanding and we've gone through therapy and we've been allowed to say, I want to fix this, because that's something that's something many generations before us even thought about. Like I'm feeling this way and I want to fix it, or I'm feeling this way and I want to compartmentalize these feelings. They didn't have the opportunity to even recognize that that's a possibility. So now that we have the luxury of figuring things out, we have to give that grace to the people that are above us. You know what I mean? The people that have, have, like I said before, love as a black woman is not outside of our struggle, but in spite of our struggle, we still, you know, love those who have loved in spite of the horrific things that they were going through internally or externally. So on the topic of figuring things out and trying to figure out how to move maneuver this life as a young black adult, um, we know it's very challenging for, I can speak personally and for my friends, I've spoken to my friends, finding those supportive friends, significant others and business partners. You mentioned earlier about dating and needing support and having reciprocated energy and not always being able to find that. What advice would you give to find those people in the core community to uplift you and really just like hold you down in midst of trying to figure out for yourself, for them and things like that? Um, I would say, so I've been saying love, love, love this whole time, but it is, it's, it's everything to me. And I would say to, to you all go where the love is. It's not always fun. It's not always the most fun group of people. It's not almost always the most fly group of people. It's not always the prettiest group of people. It's not always the most handsome group of people. The tallest, the da 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 Like, go where you are seen. Go where you are loved. And go where you enjoy doing the same for others. So I would say when, you know, when you're praying for or looking for just a core group of good friends, number one, make sure you are a good friend first. You know, and, and that means come sometimes being a good friend to yourself. Like if you don't have anyone to express that to right now, be a good friend to yourself, you know, pick up a book, give you some me time that'll allow you to kind of explore who you are. But also um, as you're looking for others, there are people out there. There are so many beautiful people out there that we oftentimes overlook because they don't come in the packages that we would have imagined, you know, she doesn't dress like me. So I'm probably not going to hang out with her or he is not, you know, quote unquote, my type. So I'm probably not going to really, you know, pay much attention to him. And I found that when I've let go of what I'm used to, you know, when I let go of what I, I imagine would be the case, you find some of the most beautiful people in the world, you know, who will literally hold you down and, and, and you get to not only be held down, but you get to, to love those people right back. So I think once a lot of times in life, we, we force things, you know, based on we're, we're all from the same place or we all, you know, went to the same high school or we did this and we like really force these connections and these relationships that are not always meant um, that we could easily, you know, have if we just went where we were understood and seen and loved. Like I, I genuinely enjoy talking to you. Let's talk more. You know what I mean? I genuinely enjoy spending time with you. Let's, let's spend more time. It's not rocket science. Um, just and, and that comes in all ages like some of my good friends like I have you guys when you get in the work world you'll see like you may have like a random 60 year old Miss Betty who just loves you and it's like Miss Betty they don't want to go lunch with me let's go to happy hour like we are I, I like you Miss Betty you like me too okay let's go to happy hour and and you can connect in that way you know what I mean so not everything's going to come in the way that we think but always go where the love is and then genuinely give love um in return That was such great advice, taking mental note. Um, and yeah, and I think it it's it fits so well with this topic because even how you were saying, like you wanna make sure that you aren't like, you know, holding any implicit bias over people. Like I want you to be like this or whatever. And then also like you have to make sure that you're showing up, you know, as your most authentic self and then you'll attract people that are, you know, 
they're they're they connect with that and not who you're portraying at the you know absolutely like imagine that like have you guys ever experienced where you people people have liked you for a reason that's completely not who you are like Mm -hmm. that's just really not me I don't I didn't mean to come across that way but that's genuinely not who I am you know and it's just the most sad thing it's really sad because I can't enjoy this because this is not you like this version of Cameron for these things but Right. Ah, that's not me you know so and then I've noticed too like the older I'm getting and like as I'm kind of like you know evolving and outgrowing things like I'm I've lost a significant amount of friends you know in the past four years and it's something now that I've been able to like be okay with like I've made it like a, a normal thing in my life and um, I'm still learning how, like, how to navigate, like having those hard conversations and like, you know, letting people know, like, you know, I'm just, it's, it's hard because yeah. you don't want to ever be rude and like hurt people's feelings. And like, sometimes you don't want to even like let the friend go, but you know that like, or whoever the person is, but you know that it's just, we're, we're not aligned and you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's almost like a weight almost and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that's something hard to navigate but I think it it comes with the territory like if you're a person that's constantly growing like you you know are constantly developing yourself and like you've been saying like just reading small things like some people are some people don't grow I mean because they, they don't want to so mm-hmm. and then sometimes people are growing and they're growing in a different direction you're growing in this direction and so I've had to like I've made it normal like losing people is it's it happens and it's no love loss and so now I'm just like trying to figure out like how to communicate it but <laughs> so I'm working on that, on that look let me tell you when I've had to communicate like and like sometimes even with close friends like whether it be like a friendship loss or like just even close friends like because there's conflict in really good friendships too and you know one of my best my best friend um she always like ask God to have things be spirit led, like certain conversations. And like, you know, when you're talking to your best friend and like, she's asking that for other things, like, but even in, in our friendship, I'm like, Lord, I'm feeling this way. And like, and wanting to be really genuine in a friendship, like this is, the Lord has blessed us with this. I'm feeling this way. And I'm asking God, like, please let this conversation be spirit led and like literally God will literally have people be like you know what I was thinking about the other day I said this and like I didn't mean to say it in that way what did you think about that and it's like wow I didn't even have to bring it up you know what I mean like God you know your child and you know that I may not be confrontational I may not have the words to kind of break this thing off you know if it if it needs to be and it's like just really hoping and and, and trusting that the conversation that should be had will be had and requesting that it be spirit led and those conversations sometimes flow and when it and when it's spirit led it's tidy so it's not like it, it kind of censors you too because I know that you know sometimes I can be a little bit of a mess you know and I can like say things that could be hurtful that I don't mean you know to hurt people in and like it with the spirit asking for things to be spirit led, you're even being mindful of how you're saying things. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a, that's a small bit of advice. I just always ask for God to like lead certain conversations that have to be had and the most random ways things will come up. And I'm like, you know what? I've been thinking about that too. So let's have the conversation, you know? Yeah. I love that. That's, that's great advice. Cause I find myself sometimes like trying to keep God out of my mess and you know, yeah and it's like when I don't you know you it's so like almost limiting limiting God yeah um, and, and you identify what it is for you like you identify what the relationship is for you you like you know how some kids have like moms that are like extra cool or like aunts or guidance counselors you know <laughs> that are extra cool. I'm sorry. no but for real there were kids who literally would literally curse in my like it was a private little Christian school that they, you know, not private little Christian school, but it was a private Christian school that they went to. And there were times where there were kids that would come into my office and they would ram and go off and I would let them. And they would literally be like 
saying every curse word in the book. They would literally be like, I'm like, now, are you yelling at me or are you yelling about someone? I don't know what's going on here, but I just would sit and listen. And, um, you know, I, I really do think, I do think that God takes that posture, you know, like will allow us to fully be ourselves and fully feel what we're feeling. And even in the like grittiest mess that I, you know, have in my life in the in moments that I've I've needed. And I always invite them in and like, Lord, I'm human and I need help. Like I'm on this earth and I need help. So please let your spirit kind of flood this. So yeah. An affirmation that that made me think about is I got it from we are not really strangers. I always talk about them and plug them. But an affirmation that kind of to summarize and wrap this up is, and the quote is, I'm going to receive everything I desire. All the right people and opportunities flow to me. I have made space for them in my life. And mm-hmm. I feel like that perfectly summarizes everything that we were just talking about because mm-hmm. once you make space and the intention for those people who are meant to be in your life, they will, like you said, respond. When you start with love and go, that's the main focus of the friendship and you go to where the love is and not to where the things are and where the everything else, when it's love and you've made space for them and you trust that the universe, God, mm-hmm. the right things will flow to you, that's when things will happen. So thank you so much, Ms. Bonds, for speaking and sharing your wisdom and your guidance. It's honestly been a blessing to have you and be able to listen to everything that you've had to say. We really, I can, we really enjoyed having you on and thank you for taking the time out to speak with us. Yes. I second everything Sydney just said. I've, like I said, once again, this has been healing for me and I feel like I've learned so much and I know our listeners um, will also take away so much from this conversation. So thank you so much. Same, I thank you all so very much. I love you all so dearly. I am um, so excited for the ways in which you'll contribute to the world um, of living within stigma and and, in all the ways that you all put your minds to. I'm so very proud of you. Um, for the individuals who are just a little older um, than Sydney and Sierra, I've learned so much from these girls. They're so wise, um, and never, never because you're a senior to someone, never skip on the opportunity to learn from them. So um, I, I'm a testament that in this conversation, I've been able to share and learn much from you all. But during the times that we were able to see each other every day, I learned so much and. Um, I'm grateful for knowing you all, so. We're grateful for knowing you. Thank you so much. Proud of you and rooting for you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you to all of our listeners for listening. Don't forget to join our space of hope. Follow us on on Instagram at Living Within Stigma and leave a rating and review. And yes, that is all from us. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.